Hi, everyone. Well, today I'll be talking about session 10 in LIC1 as the focus on the psychiatric and mental status exam. I'll try to keep it brief. I sent out a very brief email. <laughs> the theme for life right now is be brief. So I'll try. Um, some things to just put on your radar, preceptors. Uh, please let us know your, your potential availability for precepting for next year. Um, just to give you an overview on what to expect if you're, um, if you are a preceptor who has both phase one and phase two students, I think, uh, we haven't talked much about phase three. And so, um, I know that phase three will start around the end of November and will only be for roughly three and a half months. So your student, ideally, if you have a phase two student currently, hopefully they can continue with you from November of this year until March of next year. And then they'll move on um, to uh, focus on other on other areas. Um, but uh, that's, that's one aspect, I think, of your planning that's probably important for you to consider. Um, and we're not quite there in, in formally asking for your thoughts on phase three. It's, it's a heavy lift for um, IM and family medicine preceptors. Uh, phase three um, will consist of two half days per week for um, our uh, students. So, um, and ideally they'll continue with uh, a provider, an IM or FM provider um, with whom they've had continuity. And then they'll be able to also have some continuity with perhaps if they're interested in surgery, their general surgeon they've been following this year or the OB or the psychiatrist or the neurologist, you get the picture. Um, so that's the experience that they're building right now for LIC phase three. But um, I know that this is, you know, definitely a consideration when time is short um, for you and you are quite busy. So we sent out a prompt in skills eval. So that's one way to let us know. You can just fill out that little survey. Uh, thank you to those who have already let me know. Um, email, if you just, if it's easier to do email, I'll take it. Um, or if you just want to call me and tell me or text me, fine, whichever way, but we're just trying to really nail down your plans for next year. The, the most eminent uh, uh, um, deadline being for the phase one, their new class is going to start. Um, they'll start medical school in July. And then the, the first sessions for phase one will be the first week of August, if you can believe it. It's, it's all going so fast. So, um, also, I hope everyone had some really great mid-year conversations, some great mid-year feedback conversations with our students. And so this year, I um, am really just going to be chasing you down <laughs> for your narrative comments that describe those conversations a bit, really um, asking uh, what behaviors you want your student to continue, what are some growth opportunities, how do they respond to feedback, do you have any concerns that they'll fail? Um, so we can just take the pulse um, of how everyone's doing. I think the students are feeling it. It's feeling more real to them. 
I am getting um, more requests to meet on, um, you know, the students are wondering how much physical exam they really need to know. I think that's a fascinating question. And I, tr I try to reiterate to them for this, they are first year clinical learners. I want them to be able to leave LIC1 experience with you, knowing how to do, to, to gather a basic history um, and physical exam. And so I want them to know how to organize information between subjective and objective. I want them to start to begin um, basic uh, medical decision-making assessment and plan. Um, but really the main emphasis is building the skill set on history and physical exam. And then we'll go from there. And then I think they're already getting a, getting an appreciation. They're considering continuity. I think that also sometimes is a source of stress for them. But I think um, I'm hearing about some really wonderful experiences already they've had. Some have gone and been with you when you're doing C-sections. And some have gone, um, tried to follow patients for colonoscopies. And some have gone... Um, to the hospital when you're ward attending or taking a patient upstairs from the ER. Um, and so, and then also, you know, for the majority of us out there in outpatient land, um, they're also really describing rich and interesting experiences with you. Um, and so I think there's some anxiety around how much physical exam they're able to do just know that it's their clinical skills experience has been a lot more virtual than, you know, than we'd like because of the pandemic, obviously. So they're really hungry, I think, for hands-on active learning when they get out with you. And I think um, I'm hearing that's that's happening, you know, as best we can. And I think that the telecare experience is also pretty great. So, so thanks a lot. Um, please, uh, if you get the survey from Skills Eval and you want to give me that narrative stuff there, great. If you're more comfortable with email, great. If you want to text me, great. I know at the end of last year, I definitely chased some people down with text. So that would be great. Um, but any way you can, it really does help me. I'd like to be able to give students their release their mid-year um, assessments by the end of this month. And so um, I will be contacting you if I haven't received any data from you. Um, so thanks. Well, oh, we're about six minutes in and I haven't done the disclaimer. By now we all know these are my views and opinions. They're not the views and opinions of the TCU and UNT Health Science Center School of Medicine. I'm simply using this uh, podcast as another way to communicate with you. Um, so it's just a tool to communicate from me. That's it. Um, so what are you going to see in skills eval for session 10? I'll say number one, you want the student to demonstrate the ability to perform and present a mental status exam. And um, the students in their clinical skills were encouraged to think about the mental, mental status exam in terms of these domains, um, general appearance and behavior, affect and mood, thought process and thought content and cognition and memory, and then finally insight and judgment. Um, number two, um, it'd be great for you guys to discuss review systems for behavioral or mental status concerns with a focus on the, the uh, SIGI caps for major depression. 
Um, I think it would be great. Uh, they have pre-work um, where I want them just to check out a PHQ-9 and a GAD-7. So it'd be great, you know, if you could point their attention to though how those um, screening tools are used um, in your workflows in your clinics. I think lots of EMRs have those built in as in, in the screening tools section. Um, and then finally, here's another chance. Number three is to present, explain to the preceptor, that's present, and document per se protocol, the problem-focused history, objective findings with an emphasis on, you know, how would they document the psychiatric and mental status exam. And then now I'm just, again, asking them um, to get the hang of uh, taking a stab at assessment and plan. So writing a SOAP note. I think for this uh, session, they'll also be turning in a SOAP note to me. Um, so I have really been trying to redirect them back to you when when I see there's sometimes there's some, they have some difficulty with organizing information. Um, just to check out your notes, look in the EMR with you. Um, I know there is some variability in terms of how much they have access to your EMR. If they don't, um, still, if you could just, you know, leave yourself signed in a bit so they can just get that, start that, um, getting that comfort and cruising around and, and looking for information. And then, you know, now that they have panel patients, I think this chart review can be really focused on the panel patient. Um, so that's, that's it. So just, wow, hooray, only three things to do. Maybe that last objective is really two things. And so I think already I'm thinking about next year and how do we how do we make this, you know, already we were trying to smash a lot of things into a limited amount of time. And then next year, um, when things normalize a bit, I will be looking to sort of streamlining some of these objectives. So um, to, to improve this, um, I think this session might be a nice time to ask the student, hey, uh, what do you think you want to go back and work on? And just let them kind of lead the way, like, oh, they just didn't get a great HENT exam experience in clinical skills, or, oh, they, they just, you know, really want to go back and try to examine someone's knee or back or shoulder or whatever. And, and speaking of musculoskeletal, I have to say, I think there is a lot of worry on the part of the student, like they, they just are very maneuver focused. Oh, what, what, what do I do with them? What's a phalen? What is a McMur What's this thessaly? I'm like, okay, that's nice. You know, really filling your bag with these nice um, joint specific, condition specific maneuvers. But I want I want them to back up, much like all of this course. What what is their basic approach? You know, so just slow down. Let's let's look at the patient. Let's inspect. Let's palpate. Let's assess the range of motion and know what's an expected range of motion for a hinge joint or um, what is the strength? What's strength testing? And then, and then, you know, is this limb neurovascularly intact? And then, and then maneuvers, you know, so um, I, I hope that, you know, we are helping them focus on that basic approach um, to, to the various um, systems. Okay, uh, I think that that's about it for me. I have to say a big shout out and thanks to Dr. Lauren Mitchell, who um, is uh, part of our NRPC team and has been taking the lead on these narrative reflections. But she suggested for the pre-work for your students, of course, optional for you, but mandatory for them, um, two wonderful readings, two 
poems. Um, so I, I put this in the email, but having it out with melancholy by Jane Kenyon is amazing as a um, kind of person's experience of major depression. And then bipolar is bored and renames itself by Jackie Germain is also just amazing. Um, again, a person's experience with bipolar. So I, I, um, those, these, these things have been probably one of the most interesting and enjoyable things for me is to kind of include these as part of their preparation for coming out to be with you. Um, finally, last few minutes uh, about the last session, social determinants of health and the prepare survey. Number one, like, again, I know you're busy, busy people, and I don't expect you to read closely the, the, the previously too long email. I'm working on it, though. I hope people notice an improvement in that last one. Um, but uh, your students, I do expect them to prepare. And part of that, I made an announcement in Canvas, and um, they should be looking at that pre-work. So students should have showed up with you to you with a printout of that survey and not and not shrug their shoulders and said, oh, I don't know. I don't know what prepared. And really, you know, this highlights, I think in general, maybe this was a chance for me to stand on a soapbox, but you know, nobody has a great workflow for assessing social determinants of health. You know, um, so much <laughs> we spend so much time on things that perhaps make a give give make little difference in people's health. Um, but, um, you know, hopefully just having a discussion around what your workflow is for trying to do this, um, um, you know, click open the social determinants tab in Epic and just see how empty and blank it is. Um, and think about, you know, why, why don't we have time or resources to really address such important factors in our patient's health and how much um, should we, you know, be partnering with communities to help them achieve you know, these better circumstances for people to live. Um, anyway, uh, so if you notice that your patient, or not patient, haha, that's a slip right there. If your student is showing up and, uh, and, and shrugging their shoulders a lot at you, I, I'd push back and just say, hey, you know, I know that um, old Witten sent out some pre-work and, and, and really I, I want them to come prepared with at least a basic approach no, you don't have to memorize every component of the mental status exam, but I want them to, to come to you with a clue about it um, and then um, go from there. All righty. So thanks so much, everyone, for the time that you donate to us and our students. Um, and until next time, see you later.